From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Hi there, I'm Graham, VK4BB. This is the national news from the WIA for week commencing October 16, 2016. And if you'd like something in WIA national news, details are on wia.org.au. Just have a look under weekly broadcast. However, you can also email us to find out the details how to do it, and that is nationalnews at wia.org.au. The main thing is, though, when you upload your audio tracks, make sure you, first of all, send us the text edition by email. Then, as you upload to the WIA storage area, make sure you put your call sign in the title. Now, Hurricane Watch Net stands down, following record activation for Hurricane Matthew, but the clean-up continues. On humanitarian crisis-ridden Haiti, there are numerous fatalities. Villages and towns seriously damaged or destroyed. Agricultural crops lost. A total death toll is difficult to know because communications are poor and phone lines cut. The Salvation Army Team Emergency Network, or Saturn, was on 14.265, handling emergency and health and welfare traffic from hurricane-affected areas. In Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, 1.2 million residents were without power. Thousands evacuated to shelters where ham radio volunteers supported communication. Hurricane WatchNet manager Bobby Graves, KB5HAV, says the area is now watching tropical storm Nicole to see if it too develops into a hurricane. In breaking news, next weekend a new event appears on the horizon, a pretty high horizon. October 20C will see an increase in summits on the air activity between Europe and Australasia. This S2S, or Summit to Summit, all-mode CW, SSB data and even FM event already has commitments from VK, ZLG, GMDL and OE stations, with other European stations expected to join in the climb to the top of mountains. These activators aim to make as many S2S contacts as possible with other hams on soda summits in Australasia and Europe. The timing, 0630 UTC for two hours, planned to coincide with long path propagation between Europe and We Down Under. From the WIA, this is the weekly national news service originating from VK1 WIA. This is Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, from the WIA Communications and Marketing Committee with a reminder about your membership. Many membership renewals fall due at this time of the year. Quite a few members recall it and make their renewal via the WIA website. But with busy lives, inevitably some forget and will be sent a renewal reminder letter from the National Office. A small number decide, for various reasons, to not renew. Some just let it slide without any clear reason in mind. Being a member of the Institute means different things to different people. There may be many reasons to belong, and it seems, a countervailing range of reasons to not belong. In this era, in which social media and short attention spans hold sway over many aspects of life, when membership renewal comes up, perhaps it's time to remind ourselves about the role of the WIA in your amateur radio life. Whether you're active on air, or in your club, or just minimally involved and maintaining your licence for the day when you can return to the bands. So, what does the Institute do? As you can see from the inside back cover of Amateur Radio magazine, it takes a whole page to set it all out. 
However, it comes down to three key things. Advocacy, education and support. Advocacy is about representing amateurs' collective interests nationally and internationally to all the authorities and institutions that influence our licensing, license conditions and our life on air. Nationally, taking it top down, this means promoting the interests of amateur radio to government at federal and state level where necessity or opportunity arises. The Institute has taken part in the federal government's consultation on its spectrum review over the past few years, which has led to the drafting of a new Radio Communications Act, soon to be considered by the federal parliament. Some years back, you may recall the Institute supported a campaign to have the New South Wales Government Planning Agency permit amateurs to erect antennas or masts up to 10 metres height without needing council permission. Next, it means working with the regulatory authority, the Australian Communications and Media Authority, one of the most important relationships the WIA maintains. But it also includes representing amateur radio interests on relevant Standards Australia committees, for example. Internationally, the WIA is a member of the International Amateur Radio Union, the IARU, which advocates and represents amateurs' interests to the International Telecommunications Union, the ITU, which organises the important World Radio Conferences. These conferences held every few years determine frequency allocations and global radio regulations. You will recall that the last one was in November last year. From that, Australian amateurs will get to use a new amateur band at 5.3 MHz in time. The WIA's ITU specialist, Dale Hughes, VK1DSH, as head of the Australian delegation to WRC15, played an important role in securing that new band for amateur radio across the world. Next on the list of what the institution does is education. In this sphere, the Institute develops and maintains license assessment syllabuses and training course material. Importantly, the WIA trains and qualifies examination assessors. We develop and publish the Foundation Manual for Prospective Licensees and support ongoing education through articles published in Amateur Radio Magazine and on the website. Finally, we get to support. This is everything else the Institute does, if you like. The Institute issues certificates of proficiency for those who've passed their licence exam and provides call sign recommendations. That gets you on the air. This weekly broadcast is another support function of the Institute. Don't forget the website, which provides frequent news and advice on what's happening in the world of amateur radio. Then there's publishing Amateur Radio magazine, the only Australian magazine devoted entirely to amateur radio. The annual callbook is a WIA production. Awards are a significant thing for many amateurs, particularly the DX Awards, recognising on-air achievement, in addition to commemorative and special event awards and merit awards recognising the achievements of individual amateurs. On-air contests have been a constant in amateur radio since the early days. and WIA supports a range of contests covering a variety of operating interests. The club insurance scheme supports amateur radio clubs to meet their public liability insurance obligations. The upcoming STEM Symposium initiative is another example of the WIA's role in supporting the amateur radio community. To sum up, advocacy, education and support, that's what we do. Think about it when your renewal comes due. Consider the bigger picture. In being a member, you support all those things the Institute does for your fellow amateurs. 
as well as yourself. This has been Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, for VK1WIA News. Thanks, Roger. We continue with WIA Board Talk and Hot Issues for the latest info. A key purpose of the WIA, expressed in its constitution, is to seek improved conditions and privileges for amateurs. Over the last months of 2016, the WIA has had a number of important issues on the go. These include the update to the Australian Radio Frequency Plan, the review of future amateur licence conditions, and the updating of reciprocal licence qualifications for overseas amateurs who come to Australia. To enable everybody to read how these and other issues are progressing, the go-to page on wia.org.au is titled WIA Hot Issues. The WIA has called for expressions of interest in its STEM symposium to be held in Canberra. It'll be at the Canberra Club, 9am to 3pm November 19, with morning and afternoon tea and a light lunch provided, but participants need to fund their own transport and accommodation. The aim is to develop a role for WIA members in the radio amateur community to use our technological expertise towards federal and or state government STEM programs. For more detail on how to be involved, wia.org.au. Foundations of Amateur Radio We are part of an amazing hobby where inventiveness, inquiry and exploration is part and parcel of the thing we do. It's that spirit that got me interested in this hobby, and fortunately I have enough friends in the hobby who share that view. Unfortunately, this hobby seems to also attract a group of naysayers, people who are always denigrating others, starting from the perspective of saying no, before asking how. Let's call them the whingers. These are the ones who complain about the ineffectiveness of the WIA, the ones who complain that when the licence fee goes down, jump up and down for a refund of their five-year payment, which they made to save money in case the fees went up. These are the ones who want to quarantine call signs for deserving amateurs, but have several and want to have a particular call sign and can't wait until the holder becomes a silent key. The ones who say that F calls should not be allowed on air, or should have their license expired automatically after 12 months because they must upgrade. The ones who tell people off on air, complain about how a contest is run, or want to continue to submit their contest logs on paper. I could go on, but it's depressing and this is a fun hobby. To all those whingers I say, get real, stand up, be an amateur and get with the times. It used to be that you were in the forefront of exploration, but now you're just a whinging, whining old man. Join in or get out. To the rest of us, I encourage you to call out these whiners and point out to them that their complaints are misguided at best and downright destructive and malicious at worst. This is a hobby. You're supposed to have fun, laugh, make merry, enjoy the community, learn, explore and lead the way. Sorry, I just had to get that off my chest. I'm Ono, Victor Kilo 6, Foxtrot Lima Alpha Bravo. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. International news. I'm John VK4JJW. This week, arguably the two largest stories were the bridging of the Atlantic on two metres and Hurricane Matthew. Matthew we heard about from Graham VK4BB earlier, but two metres across the Atlantic? 
Well, unfortunately, after initial excitement over a two-way transatlantic contact, the news broke that the attempt was flawed by some software bugs, still to be sorted in the weak signal communication software QRA64. Pieter Jacobs, V51PJ, and Marcos, PY1MHZ, had originally thought that they successfully made contact over approximately 6,000 kilometres on the 5th of October 2016. However, it would seem that some errors slipped in and the record is still not set. Both gentlemen, however, agree that it's only a matter of time before the transatlantic frontier will be bridged. Radio hacker caused havoc at Edinburgh Airport and Hospital. A hacker who caused havoc by blocking the radio frequencies for planes, trains, shopping centres and a hospital has had a six-month curfew imposed on him. It's alleged that one Jamie Corrigan was but 17 when he started tapping into the signals as a prank. Edinburgh Sheriff's Court heard calls on the air traffic control frequency at Edinburgh Airport interfered with aircraft and emergency vehicles. Network Rail also reported attempts to redirect moving trains. Corrigan, now 20, has been banned from leaving his home between 2200 and 0600 for the next six months. He was also ordered to forfeit radio equipment. He had previously pleaded guilty to charges of culpable and reckless conduct by making repeated radio transmissions which cause fear and alarm, potential endangerment and making abusive and offensive remarks. His targets also included Edinburgh Castle, the Royal Infirmary of Edinburgh, NSL Services Group and Westside and Cameron Toll shopping centres. RTE is set to scrap controversial plans to axe its long-wave radio service, aimed at saving the cash-strapped broadcaster €250,000 a year, the Sunday Independent has learned. As the station grapples with an unprecedented financial crisis, it was announced two years ago that it planned to wind down long-wave 252 broadcasts before full shutdown in May 2017. But the plan caused widespread anger, particularly among the Irish community in Britain, where the service is seen as a crucial lifeline for thousands of older immigrants who can't access digital broadcasts. But the station has confirmed it's now carrying out a review of its previous announcement. Sharon White on communications after Brexit. Ofcom CEO Sharon White writes in the Telegraph newspaper about what Brexit may mean for the £57 billion communications sector. She notes broadcasting has become a global business. In the decades since shortwave radio first crossed the Iron Curtain, satellites have come to beam pictures into billions of homes. For many years, European broadcasters have been able to transmit across the EU so long as they comply with the rules of the country in which they're established. That principle should endure in the UK so that media companies based there don't face unnecessary hurdles. The UK is home to the largest number of pan-European media companies. IARU sets WRC19 priorities and strategies. The International Amateur Radio Union Administrative Council has formulated the approach it will take to the World Radio Communications Conference in 2019. The plan was finalised by the Administrative Council responsible for the policy and management of the IARU when it met recently in Chile. 
It assigned priorities to agenda items for the 2019 World Radio Communication Conference of the International Telecommunication Union, ITU, and affirmed a matrix approach to be taken in preparation. That matrix coordinates the numerous IARU volunteers who are participating in and monitoring the preparatory meetings of the ITU and regional telecommunications organisations. The agenda includes, along with several items of potential concern to radio amateurs, a possible Region 1 allocation of 50 to 54 megahertz to the amateur service to harmonise with the allocations in the other two IARU regions. The Administrative Council includes representatives of the three IARU regions and met just prior to the IARU Region 2 conference October 10 to 14. International coordinators' reports came from the International Beacon Project, Satellite Advisor, EMC Matters and Hans Zimmerman, HB9AQS, on emergency communications with evidence of radio amateurs bridging communications gaps following natural disasters. More details on the IARUAC meeting are on the WIA website, wia.org.au. News, talk and radio sport, here with VK1 WIA. Operational news, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ 2016. October 15-16, it's the New York QSA party with logs due October 31. October 29-30, CQ WWDX SSB contest. Always October last full weekend. November 11-14, the Keith Rochet Memorial National Parks Award activation. November 26-27, WIA VHF UHF Spring Field Day. November 26-27, CQ WWDX CW Contest. Always last full weekend in November. December 1-31, annual youngsters on the year, Yota. New York's the party state. In New York, hams are urging the rest of the country, in fact the entire world, to start getting in a New York state of mind. Amateur Radio Newsline's Heather Emby, KB3TZD, tells us why. What if New York threw a party and nobody came? Well, that's not likely to happen, but hams in the Empire State are still hoping for a record number of participating amateurs for the New York State CUSO party, which starts on October 15th. Clubs throughout the state are working hard to recruit as many amateurs to get on the air from all 62 counties. Operating modes will be mixed, phone, digital, and CW. Amateurs may work as single operators, multi-operators, mobile, school, rookie, youth, and YL. Any hams outside New York State are encouraged to work as many hams in as many New York counties as possible. The party is, of course, all about being a New York amateur radio operator. So don't miss this party, whether you live in New York or not. For more details, visit nyqp.org. I'm Heather Emby, KB3TZD. VK7 takes out the RD. The Remembrance Day Contest 2016 was the latest version of a contest that's been around for over 70 years. Each year, state versus state battle it out on the bands to see which state can lay claim to the most radioactive. And this year, the VK7s proved they were worthy of the title. We had 198 logs recorded for this year. And the winners of each section are as follows. For single op phone, VK2 Mike Tango, one with 926 points. Single op CW was won by VK2 Golf Romeo with 508 points. Single op mixed was won by VK5 Lima Juliet with 856 points. For QRP phone, VK5 Whiskey Tango Foxtrot with 313 points. Uh, QRP CW was won by Mike, VK2 India Golf, with 176 points. 
QRP Mixed was won by VK2 India Oscar with 573 points. And in the multi-single, VK2 Alpha Uniform won with 1,175 points. And the multi-multi was taken out by Trent VK4 Tango Sierra with 1,233 points. I wish to thank Robert VK3 Delta November for getting the certificates out very quickly this year. And also to the AR Magazine editorial staff who surprised me and with the results coming out in October AR. All the other results and certificates for state winners can be downloaded off the WA Remembrance Day website. Many thanks for this contest and for all of those that sent in their logs. Until next year, this is Alan VK4 Sierra November. IPARC Contest The IPARC Contest International Police Association Radio Club will take place on the first weekend in November 2016. Participation is very welcome. Full details and information on IPARC can be found on the homepage IPARC.de. San Francisco Radio Club Special Event and that club would like to let you know of their final special event operation for their centennial year of 2016 by inviting VK hams in the world to participate and make contact with them during this event. Call sign W6PW stroke 100 when Saturday, November the 12th, 2016. A special QSL card will be available for all QSOs. See sfarc.org. November 1-9. VI4SEA commemorates Sydney Emden action. VI4SEA, remembering those involved with the first RE naval action. This commemorative call sign, VI4SEA, is in honour of the officers and sailors of the light cruisers, HMAS Sydney and SMS Emden who gallantly fought in the first ever naval action of the Royal Australian Navy on November 9, 1914, off the coast of the Cocos Keeling Islands in the Indian Ocean. VI-4SEA will hit the airwaves on November 1, 2016, and continue through till November 9. Operations will see the station transmitting between the 630 metre band through to the 6 metre band. One of the rarest European DXCC entities is Mount Athos, it is an orthodox spiritual centre consisting of 20 monasteries and one of the monks holds the amateur radio call sign SV2ASP-A. Monk Apollo has been active on the air from time to time and naturally attracts many callers wishing to make a QSO at Mount Athos. The bad news is that Monk Apollo is now in hospital and we wish him a speedy recovery and return to his daily duties and hopefully a reappearance on the amateur bands. Awards the Victoria National Parks activity is near. With about four weeks to go, there are at least 24 unique national parks in Victoria. So far, less than the annual KIMNPA activity weekend. Among the latest will be from Norm McMillan, VK3XEI, who will be in four parks, one a day, being the Grampians, Little Desert, Port Campbell and Wiperfeld. Many, many others are operating, all of them. The times and location are available on the Parks and Peak website. The 6th Annual Keith Rocher Memorial National Parks Award activation period is Friday the 11th until Monday the 14th of November. For VK1 WIA National News, I'm Felix VK4 FUQ Inningham. From Australia, this is VK1 WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group News. 
Worldwide Special Interest Group's defence. Felix, VK4FUQ, brought us the past few weeks' news on the World War I Special Event Station, VK4SEA. Now word pertaining to another boat known as Mighty Mo or Big M. The ARRL-affiliated emergency amateur radio club, EARC, in Honolulu, held the first ever amateur radio licensing classes and test session aboard the battleship USS Missouri, now a World War II memorial birthed in Pearl Harbor. Applicants included a couple that live aboard a sailing vessel and a part of a cruising community. They wanted to be able to stay in touch whilst underway. The USS Missouri, known as Big Mo or Mighty Mo, was the last battleship that the US commissioned and it's where the Empire of Japan surrendered in September 1945, ending World War II. The battleship's radio room is now home to K86BB, operated by the Battleship Missouri Amateur Radio Club. TARC does the 27 Defence Welcome and Information Expo. The TARC Inc. will be involved with the 27 Defence Welcome and Information Expo run by the Townsville Office of the Defence Community Organisation North Queensland and happening on Saturday the 4th of February at the RSL Stadium Murray Complex from 10am to 1pm. Townsville Club Hams, known as Tarcadians, will be drawing on the expertise gained from participation in other expos at the complex to show Defence members and their families currently residing or new to the region some of the aspects of the wonderful world of amateur radio. The club will demonstrate the hobby through a mixture of static, dynamic and interactive displays with members experienced in many facets of the hobby able to provide meaningful answers and guidance for those attending. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Females in Radio the International Whale Meet, hosted by the British Young Ladies Amateur Radio Association, or by Lara, at Milton Keynes in Buckinghamshire, was a great success. At the five-day event last week, there were 50 attending, including 30 whales, supporting 22 from the United Kingdom, 7 from Germany, 6 from Australia and Sweden, with Denmark, France and Iceland also represented. The activities included a full day at the famous World War II code-breaking centre, Butchie Park, and a visit to the RSGB's National Radio Centre. In just a week, old friendships were rekindled and many new ones made. It was gratifying that so many attending had been at the 2012 International YL Meet in Adelaide, hosted by Alara. Many hope to meet again in two years at the International YL Meet. Worldwide Special Interest Groups ILLW ILLW entries begin to trickle in. The International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend is 10 months away on the third weekend of August, but those now ready to go are registering. So far there are 70 registrations to come from 17 countries, with Germany having about 20, followed closely behind by Australia. Whether you are in Europe, Africa, Oceania, Europe or Asia, there will be plenty of work in the fun event that attracts around 500 each year. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Rescue Radio, Pacific Seafarers Net in Sinking Yacht Incident. A call for assistance from a sailing vessel taking on water saw members of the Pacific Seafarers Net relay vital information. The drama on September the 28th came from the sailing vessel Rafiki and was picked up on 14300 by Charles, KD6SPJ at sea. 
who then contacted Randy K86RC in Hawaii. The US Coast Guard was alerted that Rafiki's was south of Cold Bay, Alaska. Throughout the long ordeal, amateur radio was used to coordinate the effort, including relays by Fred, W3ZU in Florida, and Peter, ZL1PWM, New Zealand. The Coast Guard sent a Jayhawk rescue helicopter to the scene to rescue two crew members, and the damaged yacht was abandoned. This real-life incident began during the daily check-in of the Pacific Seafarers net on 14300 MHz, just before the net's 0300 UTC daily roll call when a call is put out for medical emergency or priority traffic. Worldwide special interest groups, Radio Amity Young Timers, Amateur Radio and Schools. Set up in three primary schools in Melbourne are clubs that give radio communications activity much to the delight of students, their parents and teachers. Behind this move are wife and husband team Jolie, W3FOWL and Joe, VK3YSP, who are now at Churchill National Park for the Jamboree of the Air. A starting point is a website, sarknet.org, that has free online resources for anyone interested in or thinking about setting up a school amateur radio club. The clubs provide a free school lunch activity for a select group of students who would rather be tinkering with electronic gadgets and exploring the airwaves than dodging footballs or watching cricket. Jim Linton, VK3PC, says that we need to spark interest in wireless technology. This, an aim of the School Amateur Radio Club Network and the WIA STEM Symposium to be held in Canberra next month. As we end this week's special interest group news... I'm Robert, VK3DN in Melbourne, and here's a report on Tony Vanderwilt, KI7GBB, a newly ticketed amateur in Washington State. At seven years of age, he has a lifetime of on-air challenges ahead of him. He told Amateur Radio Newsline's Neil Rapp, WB9VPG, how he's starting out his radio career. The Tri-Cities Amateur Radio Club near Kennewick, Washington, has a new member. His name is Toby Vanderwilt, and his call sign, KI7GBB. At first, this may not seem so newsworthy, but Toby is only seven years old. His father, Nathan Vanderwilt, AF7TB, is his extra-class mentor who's been licensed for a year. He studied for his license along with his mother, Hannah, KI7GBA, who also became a technician license holder. I recently had a chance to talk to Toby and swap some stories about being licensed at a very young age. I do use my radios on my bike, um, but I don't have a battery I can actually put on my bike or an antenna or anything. I like bring uh, one of my handhelds and um, like clip it onto it or something. At first, it wasn't easy, and with his dad's help, he progressed. My dad asked me questions, and I had to answer them. Yes, I did take a practice test. I didn't, I didn't um, get any of the practice tests right, but some of them I did get really close, I think. He's been making good use of that license by talking to the people in his life who matter most. I usually talk to my mom on walks. I take my my handheld on me on my bike. I sometimes try to talk to my dad, but sometimes it doesn't work. 
I talk to mom the most, and sometimes I talk to um a ham, and his name is Bernard. His call sign is um A B seven H B, and the first person I talked to was him. At age seven, with a lifetime of on-air experiences ahead of him, he can rest assured this contact won't be his last. I'm Neil Rapp, WB9VPG. On the social scene this weekend, VK3 Barg Hamfest at Ballarat, November 6 and VK5 Adelaide Hills Amateur Radio Society's Hamfest at 8am, November 20 and VK3 Rosebud Radio Fest, tickets on sale at 8am, November 26 and VK7 Miana Hamfest, Saturday the 26th. Now till next we meet, I'm Graham, VK4BB. Walk softly. From Australia, this has been VK1 WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.